It's Happy Hour from Central City, New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. Happy Hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network. It's NewOrleans.com, brought to you today in part by the Pearl Wine Company and the American Can Company on Orleans Avenue in Mid-City. When you walk into a bar in New Orleans and pull up a bar stool, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. What you do know is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they just got out of a limo or just got out of jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you because that's New Orleans and this is Happy Hour, a cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common. Other than we're all New Orleans in a bar at this stage, we're at Casa Borrega on Aretha Castle Haley Boulevard. Casa Borrega is a bar, a restaurant, and a live music venue. Come on down here and check it out yourself or follow them or and follow them on uh, Facebook and Twitter and other social media as well. My special guests sitting around the table here at Casa Borrega today are in this order. The song that we're listening to is called Music Is All I Have, composed and performed by Stefan Henry, who is sitting to my right. Hi, Stefan. How you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Where did you steal this uh, sample from? Oh, uh, it was from Stanley Torrentine. Stanley Tarantino. Yeah, the saxophone. But nice. Yeah. And do you have to pay him to use it? Are we going to be sued by Stanley Tarantino? Now uh, well, for this, no, we don't have to pay him. We're, we're okay. We're okay. How's that happen? Can you just steal anyone's music and not pay them? Anything? No. Well, if you uh, I haven't really done anything with it as far as like uh, releasing it on a project. I just put it on SoundCloud. So yeah, but now we've got it on a podcast and we have a number of people yeah. listening. Is yeah, Stanley Tarantino's not listening there, right? Nah, where where is Stanley he Tarantino? He's gone. Yeah. Does he have like a very uh, expensive attorney who nah, administers I mean, his he was estate? Uh, he was kind of like a diamond in the rough. So it was like, you know, usually those artists, you don't have to worry about too much uh, hassle. Too much, as okay. As opposed to like sampling like Maze and Frankie Beverly. And oh, that's like a that, good point. You know? So we're not going to be too worried about that. Nah, Stefan, let me fine. read what they said here about you. Stefan Henry is born and raised in New Orleans. He's the founder and CEO of the record label Oddly Epic Music Group, yep. as well as being a hip-hop artist, a songwriter, a producer, a poet, a freelance photographer... You're a busy guy. <laughs> yeah, a hooper. Yeah. What is a hooper? A person who plays basketball. basketball. Yeah. Rebel of the underground. Okay. I'm I got this from Facebook. An entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> Did you make that up? Entrepreneur? Yeah, I made that up. That's <laughs> good. You don't get to use the word negro often enough in, in regular conversation. I'm glad to be able to slip it in here. Yeah, I'm glad. Does anyone else ever use that entrepreneur about you? Nah, I, 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 I haven't heard anyone use it yet. No one's used I'm it. Hope, I'm hoping that people catch on. I know? do too, because it's I'm really very, funny. I'm very fond in being an entrepreneur and uh, you know being successful at it. So. Okay, you're an entrepreneur, but not an entrepreneur, as it says here. I'm an entrepreneur too. I, I like that. I'm glad that you said <laughs> it. You're also an activist and a pioneer. I can vouch for that. And I saw you play last night at Gasa Gasa at the Viberian Experience. It was awesome. Oh. It was a weird coincidence that I saw you last night. And now you're on the show today. <laughs> right, yes. So I never used to get out of the house, but well, one night I go out and I happen well, to see the I'm same glad guy you who's got on the show. Yeah, it was a great show. And you're a member of the band called Adam Bomb. Yeah, well, I did some work with Adam Bomb uh, actually uh, a couple months ago. Uh, he sent me a few tracks to uh, work on for my album that I'm actually currently working on right now. It's called Since 88. And it's called what 88? Since 88. Like since 88, like since 1980. when you were born? Yeah, I was born in 1988. And there's 88 keys on a piano. That's yep. what I thought you were referring eight, eight, to. Eight is also the symbol for infinity, which is uh, the concept of the album is uh, my voyage to infinity, which is like, you know, after death. Was, that's when life begins to me, so... So you're not alive yet, really? Not alive yet. Good to know. Sleeping. Stanley Tarantino could go fuck himself then, because <laughs> what the hell? Stanley Tarantino actually was born the you day he died. There you go. Stanley Tarantino was born the day he died, and you haven't been born yet at all because you're not been dead. Born yet. Not Perfect. Dead. I love that. Okay, we're going to get onto the album and more in just a minute. First of all, let's go around the table here. John Calhoun is here. Hi, John. Hi. I'm so excited to meet you. 
I'm excited to be here. This Come on, John is the host of the Good Night Show, New Orleans' very own late night talk show. John holds court once a month at Cafe Istanbul in front of a live and lively audience in a show that's been described variously as Jimmy Fallon meets Prairie Home Companion, Conan O'Brien meets Austin City Limits, and Dick Cavett meets Pee Wee's Playhouse. <laughs> Who <laughs> came up with that one? That would be our head writer, Duncan Pace, um, very talented writer That's and very, great. very funny man. That is funny. John moved to New Orleans 16 years ago. Where'd you move from? I moved from Denver, Colorado. Oh, good move. Yeah, very, very yes. different very different place than Nobody than would want Louisiana. to go see your show in Denver, Colorado. You'd never <laughs> be able to get away with it. And it says here that you made your way to talk show host by way of being a chef, an urban farmer, a community organizer, a musician, an auctioneer, a massage therapist, and a comedian. That's true. It Not necessarily in that order. It doesn't but say entrepreneur. No. I'm would you regard yourself as an entrepreneur as well? I, I, I wouldn't. I mean, there's, I think there's, you know, uh, Stefan is really, really holding He's it down. He's the market of entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Exemplary example of an entrepreneur. So this is what I'm going to do on the show. I've just figured it out. I, you know, I, like to, I do a lot of research, as you probably know. So I'm just going to go, we're going to go through all these things one, of, one at a time. Hip-hop artist, songwriter, producer, poet, freelance photographer, hooper, rebel of the underground, entrepreneur, activist, and pioneer, then community organizer, musician, auctioneer, massage therapist. Massage therapist. And Absolutely. Well, these, are, these are all good, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're going to get on to all those. To my left is Hillary Stover. Hi, Hillary. How are Hi, you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm so fabulous. It's good. incredible. Hillary, you are the president <laughs> and CEO of The Flyways. Yes, sir. The Flyways, uh, which <laughs> like to, I'll tell you what it is in case you you didn't know. <laughs> the Flyways is a benefit corporation that develops solutionary communications. We're on a theme already here. Solutionary communication strategies for companies, nonprofit organizations, individuals, public agencies, and the New Orleans community for the financial and cultural benefit of all. Yes. You're like a religious figure. <laughs> it sounds like you're a messiah from that description. Oh, no, no. <laughs> description. I would not go that far. You at don't all. have a messianic. Zeal? No, no, no. It's not about me at all. It's about the community of New Orleans. So okay, which I community? Say, I would say the community of New Orleans is is a mythical, r religious, epic figure, but I'm just one part of it. Would you say the community of New Orleans was born the day it died? <laughs> Maybe it's constantly in a state of dying and being reborn, I would constantly. say. Constantly? Yeah. Is that, is that some sort of physics theory? Reincarnation? <laughs> Reincarnation? Right, yeah, like constant reincarnation. I think the city is constantly remaking and reshaping itself. Really? Constantly? Yeah. Even mm -hmm. now as we speak? Sure. Why not? Well, people are well, being... Well, because it sounds crazy. Because people are dying every day, being born every day, dying yeah. every day, being born every day. Uh, culture shifts. Right. The people come and go. You know. So it, it's constant. I'm, I hear a song already. <laughs> okay. If only I could sing. <laughs> Hillary describes her life work. Well, Hillary, you can describe this yourself. Is this right? Hillary describes her life's work as reshaping the political and economic destiny of my New Orleans family. Yes, indeed. Meaning you have a family here or you mean the family of New Orleans great? Well, I was not born here. So I consider my adopted New Orleans to be my adopted family. Um, and the communities that I work with as much as possible, um, I can really like to reach out to all the communities of New Orleans as much as I can and bring some communications. So that's what you do? Yes. So solutionary is spelled S-O-U-L solutionary. Solutionary, right. So <laughs> what does that mean, solutionary? Um, I means that, you know, we are telling a really effective, beautiful story about New Orleans being the cultural and intellectual vanguard of the world. And that's, to me, very solutionary. Jesus Christ, that is an unbelievable <laughs> claim if you actually <laughs> break that down. Where the what? The cultural and intellectual the vanguard. The cultural and intellectual vanguard of the world. Correct. 
you'd almost have to be deluded and insane to believe that. It's true. <laughs> maybe cultural, I would give you. Maybe, maybe, possibly, although even that's a stretch, but intellectual vanguard of the world. Mm-hmm. Minus Bourbon Street. Minus Bourbon Street. <laughs> Minus right, Bourbon Street. That right. is outrageous uh, acclaim, but we'll get on to that in a minute. Okay. Um, let me finish reading this thing out here. It says, uh, to that end, Hillary is creating a web series that will be featured on Blip TV called Food, colon, Nature Becomes Culture Becomes Community. The series is part of the FundAt family of projects. Oh, those guys are great. And debuts in the summer of 2014. Okay, we've got a lot to talk about here. Mm -hmm. And also sitting across from me is the fabulous, talented, and lovely Cecile Montaigne. Hi, Cecile. Hi, how are you? I'm fabulous. How are you? I'm great. Cecile is a comedian and actress and the star of La Concierge Solitaire, a one-woman show at the Elm Theatre. Not hard to be star of a one-woman show, I suppose. Well, it's not hard to be the star. That's true. Because you're there's the only no one, one to, in There's it. no one to outshine you. <laughs> no. In the program, it actually says, Cecile Montaigne is la concierge, and then the concierge is playing all the other roles. <laughs> I think you play the number of parts in this one-woman show. You're yeah. your number of women. Are you guys as well? I'm guys as well. I'm like an evil Eastern European manservant. Um, like a... Oh, a manservant. Oh, shucks. Anthropologist. It's set in the 1920s. Okay. So. so they had a manservant back then. You wrote this as well, right? No, I didn't. But uh, it's two local guys who wrote it in collaboration. Are they wrote it for you? Kind, pretty much. I was in on the early stage. This started in 2011. And who are the fine. writers? We should give them some credit. Andrew Farrier and Matthew Morris. Okay. And Andrew also directs it. So. Oh, cool. And it's at the Elm Theater, which is where exactly? That is on 220 Julia Street. Okay. And it's above Rio Mar and Route. And That's Matt Stanley is oh. another man about town in the theater community as a stage manager, and he's wonderful. Well, cool. Yeah. And how how's it going? People showing up? Yeah, we sold out uh, one night last week, and I think ticket sales are pretty good. It's, hey. it's an intimate house. So. Okay, so where do we find it in case anyone wants to head enough to listen to the show already and they're leaving? Oh, they <laughs> should go to the, uh, you can look up tickets on Saint, uh, the St. Francisville Transitory Theater.org. Or the oh, Elm Theater. That might be easier to remember. The Elm Theater. There's a link to it. Okay. Cecile is also a graduate of the New Movement Theatre and the creator of You Don't Know the Half of It, which is hard to describe, but I'm going to make you describe it. One of the funniest things you'll ever see on an improv stage anywhere. How do you describe what goes on there? Well, what we do is we get local writers to create a brand new scene that no one's ever heard or and or read before. And then I white out half the lines and just give half the scene to one actor. Never let them see the whole scene and give the other half to a different actor and just say, learn your lines. And then on the night, I pair them with an improviser, and the actor keeps saying their lines, and the improviser makes up the rest of it. And then you get to see both of them. You get to see the both halves of the, of the scene, because the next person out does the other half yeah. with another improviser. Yep. And then you, you put two of them two together yourself as you're watching, and you're like, my God, how, it's so clever. Thank you. How did you come up with that? Do you do a lot of drugs or what? <laughs> oh no! You know I probably don't do enough drugs. No, I'm just. <laughs> no, I know we c- we've all got that problem. <laughs> it was a, it was you know they they have ideas where you know they'll do it with a script like they'll do a checkoff play and do half of it or yeah um, and I was like no nah, that's not dangerous enough let's do something no one's ever heard and give local writers a chance to see their work because then they they can look at it and be like I didn't know my scene could be about fungus you know and maybe <laughs> it's about cops you right. just never know. That's very funny. And that's where do you do that? At the new movement? Yeah, but we have our big two-year anniversary show coming up, and it's going to be at Cafe Istanbul. Two oh. years. A big night. Two, two years. years, if you don't know the half of it. I highly recommend you to go see that. Thank if you, you never do anything live in New Orleans, go see this. When is that, by the way? It's on Saturday, February 1st at 7.30. 2014. Yes, Just sir. Just in case you're listening to this at some point in the future, we always have to make this point. People <laughs> listen to these shows 
back and forward in time. Well, not forward in time exactly, Stefan. That's a whole other story. But certainly back in time. So if you're listening to this before <laughs> February the 1st, 2014, you can go see the two-year anniversary of You Don't Know the Half of It. And if you listen to it after that, you can just go see it anyway because it will no doubt still be running. Yep. Okay, listen here. I've got a bottle of wine in front of us here. This bottle of wine uh, was given to us today for the show by the Pearl Wine Company, which is uh, on Orleans Avenue in the American Can Company. Pearl Wine Company is open between noon and midnight. Yes, Cecile, pour that. Thank you. Open from noon till midnight every day. And on Sundays, it's open from noon till 8 p.m. The Pearl Wine Company has got the largest selection of small production wine, beer, and liquor in New Orleans. You'll find the most thoughtful and passionately selected wine, beer, and liquor at affordable <laughs> prices there. And that passion, you're allowed to talk over me. It's okay, Hillary. How is it? Oh, did you spill it? Oh, what happened? The wine pouring theater going on. She's already spilling wine over here. Oh my God, seal. Well, it's free, so it doesn't matter. We're not paying for it, but even so, it smells great on the table. Cecile does theater twenty-four hours a day. How did you do that? Just not paying attention? Yeah, I got so excited, I poured it all over. Oh my God, did you get it all over you, Stefan? I think I got a little splash, but you can't tell because I got this cosmic sweater on. It is. It's got like <laughs> like specks of color. It goes yeah. with the whole infinity theme. Yeah, it does. I feel yeah. like you're not really here. <laughs> I figured I'd look the part. You do look yeah. the part. You look fabulous. I'm kind of a comedian too. Are you? Well, does it say comedian on here? I mean, let me finish this as well. well. Hang on. The passion. The passion. And well, this doesn't say comedian on there. That bio is like three years old. <laughs> three years old. What have you done since then? Well, I'm also an artist too, like an actual artist. I'll have to write that down. Yeah. Artist. Actual artist. Yeah, like, you know, I draw. Sketch. Actual artist. Yeah, I do. A <laughs> As opposed to bullshit artist. Yeah. Okay. And what else? You written a novel uh, or anything? <laughs> I, was actu- I was actually a basketball coach for a little while. Well, under, well I've already basketball got Hooper, so that'll come, well, yeah. that'll come under Hooper. Yeah. Uh, what else should we... You haven't written uh, a novel or... You know, nah, you I'm actually, I'm actually uh, working on a couple of scripts, though. Oh, screenplays? Yeah. So you're a screenwriter. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, Have you memorized the Quran or anything like that? Nah, I did memorize the Quran. Okay. Mm-hmm. I almost memorized the King James Version of the Bible, though. Oh, wow. Okay, well, I'm going to put that down <laughs> there. Kidding. Bible just memorized. Just, <laughs> just kidding. Don't say you're just kidding, because if we run out of time and things to talk about, then we'll uh, get on but to that. And I also do a lot of promotion, too, uh, for uh, local hip-hop events and uh, shows and stuff like so that. So you're a pr- hip-hop promoter. Like, well, don't I have that down I here already somewhere? No, nah, you didn't. Now look at this mm, guy is exactly what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the intellectual vanguard. Well, that means a lot. There wow. you go. I'm very humble. Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't even think he, he was alive. And now you're <laughs> the intellectual vanguard of the world. Now you're suggesting that, that Stefan is one of the intellectual leaders of the world. That's what you claim. Yeah. Okay. That's a very powerful statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, how, who are we to say it's not true? Yeah. <laughs> I'll drink to that as well. Very nice. Okay. Uh, I, I got to finish reading this about the wine you're drinking. What do you think of this wine, by the way? Me? Yeah. Stefan, I'll tell you something about I, it. I, I, you I, tell I, me I, about well it. Well, I, I like, uh, I have a line in my song. It's just kind of funny. It's a little off, but I've always wanted to taste Vauve Clicquot wine. You ever heard of Vauve, Vauve Clicquot? Vauve Clicquot is yeah. a champagne. champagne. Yeah, well, champagne. Yeah. yeah. And I always had like a dream of that. So it's like, until I get to that, I'm appreciating all the wines that I drink right now. So what is this called? This wine is a Cabernet Sauvignon from the Loring Wine Company. Okay. So mm. until I get to that, I'm kind of like keeping like a mental like memorandum of like the wines I drink. Are you, are you keeping a log or like on your phone or is it like, like an, a wine app? Like you know the Chardonnays and all the cheap wine that I drank like Arbor Mist. <laughs> so you can remember all of them? Yeah, but, well, but when I get to that, I'm going to be like, man, I remember when I was drinking Arbor Mist and I thought it was cool. How would you describe, how would you describe this wine? 
<laughs> dizzying array of blackberry red and black cherry aromas and flavors, along with deep green decadence. Nice elements of me. No, you have to deliver it like you're, <laughs> like you're just making it up. I just threw that in from my face right quick. Yeah, start again. <laughs> like you're saying, like I'm saying to you, let's start again. What do you think of this? What do you think <laughs> of this wine, Stefan? This wine is a dizzying array of blackberry red and black cherry aromas and flavors along with deep grenade de cassis, nice elements of baking <laughs> spice and toasty oak, muscular, dense, and concentrated on the palate. But still palate. Palate. <laughs> oh, palate. Yeah, say that again. Oh. Muscular. From mu to muscular again. Muscular? Yeah. <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> muscular, dense, and concentrated on the palate, but still bright, but surprisingly elegant finish due to great acidity. Yeah, I was, that's pretty much what I would have said, <laughs> too. Thank you. I don't like that's really a good description of this wine like we're drinking. Really. Wow. I oh, like it. It's good. It's a good wine? You're yeah. also okay, that's nice. the main thing is, is it tastes nice. It does taste so nice. It tastes really nice. It's the Pearl Wine Company's got the largest selection of small production wine, beer, and liquor in New Orleans. Did you know that? I did not I know did that. Not know. It's really? right by Mid-City where you are, John. I'm, I'm four blocks from there. I can, just, I can walk <laughs> four there. Four blocks. Have you never been in it? Oh, I've been there. Oh, yeah, I've seen, I've seen uh, live music there. And I the, heard it. The just bar and bought wine. And Isn't it, it is awesome. Who yeah. did you see playing live there? Uh, the Scott Sanders Quartet. Oh, any good? Mm. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a great little place, the Pearl Wine Company. We love them because they give us free wine. <laughs> so you, how could you not like that? <laughs> and they have a full-service cocktail and wine bar and a store as well. So you can Absolutely. go there and buy a bottle of wine to take home to impress your friends or your family. Or you can just go and have a drink there. It's, it's convenient. You could have a drink or you can buy a whole bottle to take home with you or bring to a dinner party. It's versatile. Do you, live around the Do you live around the corner from there or you work around the corner from there? I live around the corner from there. So you're a mid-city dweller? I'm a mid-city dweller. Okay. Well. Now, where are you, Hillary? I'm also in Mid-City, okay. but I'm not going to tell the whole world my address. <laughs> Why not? Who do you think is listening to this? <laughs> the five people who are listening to this uh, do not need to know that I live on uh, <laughs> I think five is overstating it. But <laughs> <laughs> wait, uh, what street uh, do you live on? Bienville. Bienville. Oh, that's a big street, so no one's going to go looking for you there, probably. Okay. Near City Park Avenue. How about that? Okay. Hey, listen, let, Stefan, let's take a listen to something that you've recorded recently so we can uh, get an idea of what you've done. Sure. What do you think we should do? What's a nice short one? Um, you want a song? Like, you have it on the internet? Yeah, we've got, a, we uh, got the yeah, SoundCloud uh, thing open. Yeah, here. you can go what to you Ro Road to Infinity is a good one. Road to Infinity. Let's start with that. Okay. Chris is just going to tear it up here, and then we'll get it back to Infinity in a minute. Okay. Now, so we've had another couple of these glasses of wine. Yeah. It's Ali Epic. Check, check it. In the galactic lyrical tactics, make your brain do backflips. Time's drastic, time moving rapid. Light speed, days passing, no time to be passive. I gotta make something happen. I'm not getting younger. Fear of failure, tear it down my mental infrastructure. I'm just trying to carry that load that's hauled by my mother. A grand's barely could pay for insulin, watching her suffer. My daily struggles, oh, you rather hear that mumble jumble? When you deviate from the norm, people tend to judge you. Once they see you got a movement, they claiming they love you. Like I've been down since way back. Same cats used to say I was whack to stay fat. 
relax. Now people say I'm nice, I'm receiving deceptive daps. I can feel your negative energy every time my hand slap. Yo, but why chase cheese with blind mice? To be eternally punished, forever kneeling on rice. It's a new era. I'm rocking my thinking cap. On this road to paradise, life's a gamble like shooting craps. Niggas plotting off it. That's why I roam alone. Used to hit the club a lot, but now I just be home. Up late, devising flows. I doubt you find a clone. I seldom slumber, brother. Narcoleptics got it wrong. The one you slept on, Stefan never conformed. Now they see sunrise like dawn To elevate your mind so you won't be a pawn In this hellbound society you won't be a spawn It's complex simplicity On a narrow path to infinity Keep your dignity chasing divinity I be damn inclusive for him to me You join his ministry for legal tender and publicity Nice Well your stuff is a, is a little bit like that Sort of uh, not angry Nah it's not angry what very it? mellow. It's very mellow. Yeah, it's so chill, laid back. I'm a pretty laid back guy. It takes a lot to make me mad, and when I get mad, I get really mad. When was the last time you got mad? I don't know. Maybe like five months ago. Yeah. It was like some family stuff. I probably got really mad at someone in my family. But other than that, like, I'm pretty laid back. Yeah, that was really nice. So, what was that about? Uh, that was just about mainly like uh, when I started doing music underground in New Orleans. Like, you know, I was uh, trying to get my name out there. And uh, looking for acceptance, you know, and uh, basically that song was just about like after I kind of like started getting established, like, you know, just like it's like, like I said before, everything is like my road to like just paradise and like heaven is infinity. You know, that's what it means. So like this is like my journey through like, you know, life and uh, like what I deal with, like the, the, the deception of uh, just like people, like deceiving people and the different types of personalities I've encountered and how how I've uh, dealt with that, how I dealt with uh, the norm in hip hop today, and how I kind of like went astray from that and not really conform to what people. That's the rebel. Yeah, thing. yeah. It's so all a part of being like a rebel. And uh, when I say that, I mean that like not just in music, but just in like life and society's norms. You know, like I don't really like live like you know. You fit the, in. The average uh, person probably where I don't care about material items and stuff like that. So, like, I guess my views and everything, you know, but that was just, like, kind of, like, a rough idea of, like, what my life is like right now. Everybody, I think, I'm pretty sure around the table and in the whole world would love to be able to say they don't care about material items. Wouldn't you, John? That most people would like to say that. No, I, I actually think some people um, aren't concerned with the opportunity to actually say that they don't care about material items. But don't you think everybody would want to say that I don't care about having a big car or a nice house or I, I, I don't. Clothes? Unfortunately, I don't think so. I no, think there's actually okay. some people that um that love yeah, they love, love big cars and yeah. big houses in there. That's that's what they're excited about. Right. Mm-hmm. But do you, yeah. Cecile, do you agree with me? I, I'm think my th- position is that everybody would like to say that. Even if they really do love a big house and a fancy car and a huge income. I think I think most people would like to be able to say that. And then it's That's just a question of, would they really say it? I mean, you know? the, well, I'm not it's sure. It's like, I, I realize that a lot of people like tend to want to fit in, you know? And like, I was once that person. So it was like, it took a lot of like, uh, like soul searching for a while, you know, and kind of just stepping back and like, you know, you, you, we live in this box, like this matrix. And it's like, you know, you got to step back and kind of just analyze everything and see it for what it really is. And then when it really like registers, you're like, wow, like this is all just like big, like we're all like robots, you know, like and it's yeah, like okay. But how did you make that step from from seeing that to actually living outside of it? Well, what is the moment where you said I don't have to? What was the moment when I did it? Was there a moment? It was like a gradual process. It wasn't like a oh my god. What 
Yeah, it was gradual. Like, of course, like something sparked it. I think it was something I was listening to. It was a song. I think uh, I think it was a uh, Most Def or Black Star song. But uh, it kind of sparked the idea. And, and like, what happened was the the people that started coming into my life, which I feel like every like God brings someone into your life for a reason. Like, no matter who it is, whether it's for a day or for a lifetime, it's always what about an hour. Or hour, they always have a purpose. You can yeah, let's see. Let's see. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I feel like we're all meeting for a reason, and you can learn something. Like, and that, that's the thing. It's like you're either gonna learn something from that person, or you're gonna grow with that person. You know, but no matter how you look at it, every, everything happens for a reason. It has a purpose. And I think what I started realizing was how much of my life I went through without really having a purpose. And it was like a, a lot of people do that, and they aren't really cognizant of the fact mm. that they're doing that. So it's like when I realized, I was like, wow, I need to get. My, my, my stuff together but it, then it was like how do I do that what is it what is viewed as successful or like anything and it was like I was trying to find myself like you know like in the midst of that and I was going to college at Tulane for a while and I thought that you know that was like the thing for me but it was like I, re- I always go, like growing up I was like man I don't want to just go to college and get a regular job because I, I, I love my mother she's a hard working woman but she was so miserable ever, and she still is like going to work and coming from work angry and i'm just like i don't want to spend the rest of my life like this mm-hmm. i would rather like struggle doing something i enjoy doing mm-hmm. than like you know have you know a decent amount of money or enough money to get by but i'm miserable every day and i don't want to go where i'm going to work and it's, it's just like i didn't want to live like that and i saw that as a child you know growing up and i, and I kind of had like a you know somewhat of a rough upbringing but it was blessed blessed at the same time it was like i saw the best of both worlds because because of my family, like, you know, my mom and my dad are separated, but I kind of saw, like, one side of it, which was kind of like, you know, a little bit more of, like, the poverty side, and one side was like, oh, this is, like, the, the beautiful, you know, like, well, you must have side. you must have had some money to go to Tulane. How did you afford that? Nah, I just went to the right high school. But it ju- don't, doesn't this cost, like, 60000 bucks? Well, no, nah, I, I, I had a scholarship. You had a scholarship, so yeah. you're smart as well, on top I'm of okay. everything. I'm okay. As you can see, I don't like to get put on the spot when I got to read out loud. But yeah. <laughs> you just throw, you just threw like that wasn't reading. Was that like was just coming off the top of your head. Remember? Park, but um, Park but you dropped. You just dropped out of school out of Chile. Yes, yeah, I, I stopped going. Well, the thing stopped was going. I know. I don't. Yeah, I didn't drop out exactly. Right. Just I, this is going. what happened with that. Like I was going to Tulane, and it was like for like I was there for two years, and I I stopped going after two years, and I went back. But the thing was, when I stopped going, like I stopped going, I realized like I wasn't really into it I, I looked around like I said before like a lot of people are robots they go to college they don't even know why they're there and I'm not saying you shouldn't go to college college is good for some people some people have a reason to go to college but there's also people who go to college because their parents told them since they were an embryo come to college and you're right. going to go to college you're going to get a degree in this and you're going to be successful and whatever you're going to make a lot of money but a lot of people get degrees in like job fields that don't even have a, a high market you know like you graduate and it's like you get this job because you know that you're going to be guaranteed this amount of money when you graduate. And then you graduate, but you didn't really look into the research of, like, the availabilities of this job market. Right. So you graduate so thinking you're going to get paid, and then you can't find a job. So now you got to go get a master's. And then by the time you get that, the job market is probably completely dead. Nobody wants that job anymore. They've moved on to something better because there's always new things coming. And, like, you know, right now the digital age is, like, kind of pretty right. much took over. You haven't so. applied for a job recently, though, right? No, I, I haven't. Think if you have applied for a job recently, I haven't applied find for the first question they ask you is if you have applied for a job. The last degree. job I applied for was just because I just kind of want, I like the places. What, like what do you do? Exchange. What do you do to make money? 
What do I do to make Which money? I do, I do, I do uh, live shows, and I get paid for pretty much. So you're a performer. Yeah, you're a musician. I get, I get paid you're for, a professional for, musician. Yeah, I get paid for all of my shows. Come I produce, on. and I'm also part of a production team with a couple of friends. It's not on there. Also, We're called Paradigm, and we uh we produce industry okay. standard tracks. We do. We're actually currently working on a jingle for Oreo. For Oreo, yeah. Oh my God. Come on, yeah. Now that's <laughs> entrepreneurialism, right? Yeah, there. yeah. So it's like I, <laughs> Oreo. I, I kind How of did uh, you swing that one. Uh, our manager got that. <laughs> that is huge. Yeah, Good job. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. I mean, I try to keep. One thing I noticed is that there's a lot of different lanes I could take, and I didn't want when I was growing up. You know, I always kind of had a dream of being an MC. But I was like, I didn't want to just rely on like, you know, one thing. I kind of wanted to have more to pull like lanes to take. Because right. like, I don't want to be like Jay-Z rapping when I'm 40. No diss to Jay-Z. He's a great artist and really like him. But Jay-Z also has like. He's got an empire. Plenty, he, yeah, he's got plenty of other different like avenues he could take. Like he, he has his own cologne, like mm -hmm. liquor and a, and a film. So you think we'll be still rapping when you're 40 is some sort I, of a. I'm not going to be rapping when I'm 40. But I'm 40. But what would be wrong with that? There's What's nothing wrong with it. Now, don't get me wrong. What's wrong like, with being I do an like, I would do what's like wrong with Bob Dylan singing when he's like 70? I would do well, like... He can't sing anymore. That's what's oh, wrong with it. come on. He just growls. <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with being a performer when you're 70. Sure, you're 40. Yeah. I'm not like against it. But I, I want to like, I wanna, I wanna, like, break boundaries, you know? And like, I feel like I think what would be the most like amazing thing to me is knowing what I came from. And like, if I could actually accomplish some of the goals I have, like, I want to like do screenwriting like I told you and I want to I want to star in a couple of films I did a couple of plays when I was younger so like I want to do a lot more than just like music I don't want to be like marginalized into like you know right. coming into like you know the, the, the light as a, as a MC or a hip hop artist and then people just think like alright now you're a hip hop artist this is all you can do what about being an auctioneer John <laughs> tell us about that <laughs> I've never talked to anyone who's an auctioneer can you do that like Auctioneer, right? Oh, sure. There's, there's um, a, some, a tongue twister I, I practice sometimes. It's called Bobby Baker. Um, Bobby Baker bought a burger, but said the bar's better. If I bought my burger's bigger and the burger's better, so I bought some bigger bargains, put them in better burger, made a burger that is better called the bigger bargain burger. Wow. Yeah. Oh. That was incredible. <laughs> How did you learn to do it? Um, about 10 or so years ago, um, I started something that's become the New Orleans Food Co-op. Um, so I was involved in raising money. Um, so you started the food cup. I did. Wow. And um, so uh, we decided to have. Vanguard of the world. <laughs> Correct. How are you? Yes. Okay. We I love the people at this table. <laughs> we decided to have uh, a fundraiser, and part of the fundraiser, we decided to have an auction, and we thought it'd be more fun to have a live auction. So. <laughs> And I was the auctioneer, and that's um, how it started. You had not trained to be an auctioneer. I had never trained to be an auctioneer, Holy so crap. I just just went for it. Wow! And it's fun. And when I when I do yeah. auctions, I have a live band behind me. <laughs> so when the lady's bringing up the artwork, they're playing a nice jazzy number. Then they play some uh, fast-paced country bluegrass music. When I'm like, I'm affording a bit, buy forty dollars, I'm forty now. Yeah, fifty dollars, looking for a fifty dollars bit. Now I got a fifty now, sixty. And then we go. Sold for two hundred dollars. The New Orleans <laughs> Food Cooperative live auction and fundraising party, and you know, then they do a celebratory thing, and then people are dancing, you're telling jokes, and it's uh, come on. Some of my best performances have been auctions. Do they tape them at all? Can you get like the best greatest hits? I I just I I wish I don't have any of those. Oh. Thing, all these great performances. Your Tonight Show, The Good Night Show. Now, we have three cameras at every show. Yeah. yeah. Now, let's, should we talk about The Good Night Show now? Oh, absolutely. Let's do it. That's the thing I'm most thing passionate is, about. Okay, this thing is a monster. 
How did you start? You just started off with an idea. I was doing an auction for the Holly Grove Market and Farm. Great organization. You mm-hmm. should go there if you haven't. Like local, fresh produce. And after the after the the auction, um, I I missed performing. You know, I I didn't perform very often for about ten years. I was doing so things wh- like. So how did you start off? You started off as a performer. Uh, somewhere along the line. Somewhere along the line. Back when I was in, back when I was in my twenties. Urban Gardner and shit. Yeah, back when I was in my twenties, I I started performing comedy. You were a stand up comedian. Inspired by M- Mardi Gras. Really? I was actually in that film. What? Yeah, I was actually. <laughs> yeah, wow. It was extra. Yeah. In what film? Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras the movie. Mardi Gras the movie. Oh, yeah. I was inspired by the Mardi Gras the by the, the celebration carnival. Oh. It's okay. carnival okay. time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. And I, so I would. I would dress up in, in these in these costumes and explore different aspects of my personality, and like become these characters. And then after Mardi Gras was over, these these characters would find their way onto the stage, and mm. that's when that's when I first started doing comedy in New Orleans. Uh, Where yeah. were you doing it at? Um, I first at a Dragon's Den. It used oh to be yeah, the place right, they had. Right. They used to have first show. They used to have poetry readings there yeah. on Thursdays, yeah, right. and it was. Uh, it so was you would just get up and do it as a character. Yeah, but not do as do yourself. This. You wouldn't say, "Hey, my name's John Calhoun. I'm anyone here from out of town." You'd get up as. I would get up as this as this as this character. I had who was ca- it? Who were they? I had this character Castagna, and Castagna's thing was Castagna was in love with the most beautiful boy in the world himself. <laughs> <laughs> it was this just. Uncontrolled narcissism and just um, and there was a mirror behind the stage and sometimes I would turn around and I would talk to myself on stage and just admire my own beautiful image and it was, it was just this outrageous kind of unconventional what did he wear form of comedy. Well, I w- it was it was just it was regular me. clothes. Yeah, but when you did that at Mardi Gras, I mean, most of Mardi Gras characters are start with a, some sort of a mask or a costume. Did he have a costume, Nastanya? Oh, I was just—it was more exploring that personality and that and that energy and that feeling. That um, so you and didn't I dress d- up as a—you didn't have a mask or anything as a. Kid. I think I shaved my so head, and I might have been running sh- around in a, you in, a, in, a, in, a, in a dress, and you know who knows? It was—it was Mardi Gras. Right, that's what yeah. I mean. But so Nastanya <laughs> was a guy. Castagna was a guy. Castagna, yeah. not Nastanya. Castagna. Okay. Castagna was a guy. Was he Russian? Well, you know that's a Sicilian Sicilian name. It's actually my mother's—it's uh, uh, my mother's maiden name. Oh, it is. Yes. Wow. Yeah. What was her first name? Castagna. My mother's first name is Kathy. Kathy Castagna. What oh, a great good name. name. <laughs> yeah. Mm, <laughs> well, Kathy Calhoun sounds pretty cool too, actually. Mm-hmm. That that is, uh, she has a new name now. Yeah. yeah. Does she call herself Kathy Castagna Calhoun? Man, that would be that would that would be something. Is she now. an actress as well? No, she's uh, she's uh, a therapist, a psychotherapist. Psychotherapist. Yeah. In where? In Boulder, Colorado. In Boulder, Colorado. Wow. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> doctor. Is she a doctor as well? Uh, she has a master's degree, so you know, Kathy, close, close enough. Yeah, Kathy Castagna Calhoun. I love that. What a great name. Anyway, so that's you, how you started off, and so, so you, know, you missed performing. You I missed. I spent about I spent about ten years, you know, doing things like starting a food co-op and urban farming and other community activism, you know, do-getting type type of stuff. But there, I missed, you know, I missed being on stage yeah. and interacting with an audience. And so I was thinking it'd be fun to have my own show. And what would that be like? So I thought. We should do something like Johnny Carson for New Orleans. New Orleans' very own late-night talk show with all the bells and whistles, a live orchestra, an announcer, a really great theme song, a desk, and a couch, and interview 
all the fantastic people in New Orleans. And so that's usually where the conversation ends and everybody goes to work the next day and says, gee, I'm hungover as all hell. But you actually did it. Absolutely. What I was the first step you took to say, do you have to convince someone to do it? I, called, to I called my auction band uh-huh. and said, hey, I have this idea. I needed other people to tell me I wasn't crazy. I'm yeah. like, I have this idea. What do you think? Everyone was like, oh, man, I'm in. That sounds, oh, yeah, that sounds amazing. I want to do it. Sign me up. So my auction band became the Goodnight Show Orchestra. And that's Steve Walkup. That's Steve Walkup and the, the Goodnight Show Orchestra. Yeah. yeah. And uh, He's funny, too, actually. They're all, they're all so talented. And, and now we have about a 20-person you know, production team and, and a team of actors. We do live commercials for real sponsors <laughs> with great. The great, great writing, great acting, and uh, fantastic, so fantastic guests we've so had on the show. Do you whip these things all into shape yourself? Is this all your baby, or do you have a, like a production team? I know oh, we have a full production team. We have a Cassandra books the guests, and we, you know, we have writers and That's people awesome. doing video and sound and lights and promoting, and it's. Uh, yeah. And it's at the ca- Cafe Istanbul. We do it at Cafe Istanbul. What's the, what's the grand plan? Are you trying to try and do it once a night or once a week? Or get we, on had TV? Ta- we had talked in the beginning of doing it once a week eventually, but still doing it once a month is a like work, it's a right? lot of work yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah. But um, to have it keep growing to really be integrated in, in our community. Um, mm-hmm. One of my favorite things about the show is other than – entertaining and uh, exposing all the great culture and talent is we also have guests on that are doing really uh, vital and important work whether it's coastal restoration yes like hillary and like all the people here at the table or um except for me creating creating documentaries about (laughs) 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 i included myself in it come on we're doing nothing what what are you doing for the greater good really come on what am i I, my day job is I work at a medical clinic. Oh, see? Oh, see? Wow. See? So I'm the only one who's doing nothing for the Foot greater in good. Foot mouth. <laughs> what do, you, do you really work at a medical clinic? I do. Come on in. What, I, which one? It's in Gonzales. I drive to Gonzales every day. Oh, oh don't you feel bad. And uh, it's <laughs> a small <laughs> private practice, which is a very small minority in a growingly hospital market. So we're fighting to stay current to because keep our of prices the, low. Because of the health care? Well, healthcare reform is a, a big mess for us in a lot of ways, just because yeah. we don't know have any, we don't have any answers, and we want everyone to have health insurance, but um, we just want a little more help in facilitating. Well, that. how is that going to work now? If I get health insurance through the government, and I come to the, this is what I'm wondering. This health healthcare thing is so complicated; it was so hard to even get on the website. Yeah. How is it going to be when they implement it? Do you ha- do you not know either? Well, what what we're seeing is people are coming into the office now and if they have insurance, we don't have any idea what their insurance gives them. Mm-hmm. So we either have to like find it on the internet or call the insurance with adding time and and then there's like all these weird clauses whereby if someone doesn't pay within the first they have 60 days and so they'll hold your claim. So they won't pay you as a provider. And then if the person lapses on their payment, then you're responsible for collecting. Like, there's all these weird loopholes. Yeah. So providers are kind of like, we don't know what to do. <laughs> like, we want to provide care. Throw us a bone. Um, <laughs> especially small business owners are really, it's its just confusing. It's very confusing. Wow, it's going to yeah. be crazy <laughs> as it unfolds. So what kind of clinic is it? Just regular medical? It's a, it's a, a walk-in clinic, care. primary care. Right. So, and yeah, it's my dad's business. I work for my dad. Are you dad's a doctor? In my Gonzales? dad's a doctor. Mm-hmm. Okay, and John's da- mom is a therapist. Yeah. Okay, Hillary, what does your mom or dad do? Oh, my, my father's an architect. My mother is retired. From what? She worked as a secretary for uh, the state of California. 
Wow, for a period of years. That's a pretty big job because it's a big state. It's one of the biggest, <laughs> one of the you biggest know, states. You know, she had so a she lot of paperwork to bring home every. No, oh, it's no, no. For all, she was the secretary <laughs> for the state. No, no, it mm -hmm. was a. There's a. Well, you know, California. Um, there's a lot of water conservation issues in mm. California, so there's water conservation districts. Okay. And so she was. That's a county deal. Um, and so she worked as one of the the secretary for one of the counties. Okay. Which county? San Bernardino County. San Bernardino. That's a song, right? How does that go? Stefan, you know that? I don't know. That's that a song. great sample. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that. You should write it down. <laughs> hey, listen. Yeah. Write. I can write it down on the list as well. So, Hillary, how did you get? You came here yes. after Katrina. But I agree with you, Stefan. College is not for everybody. Um, and so I think. And then when I'm talking about being intellectual. The you intellectual know, being vanguard like of the being world. A leader, I don't necessarily mean you have to go through 16 or 17 or 18 years of college to make that happen. Um, I don't even know you could go there for 18 years. Or education, formal yeah. education, I guess really? I should have That's said. Yeah, so, some um, people do that. 18 years. <laughs> you know, because I mean, there's people and I, you know. I have relatives who've done it. Right. So, I mean, because where I could go from here is, say, a PhD, and it would be really impressive to what tell What do you have a master's in? Social science. What is that? You're right. Everybody's like, I'm trying to figure <laughs> out what that is. <laughs> is there a, yes, I thought I like sociology and psychology and anthropology, they're all social sciences. Those are is social there, sciences. Is there one? When you're in the master's program at the university I was in, which was San Francisco State University, um, you could do an interdisciplinary degree. And so you could pick and the choose the classes you wanted out of any social science discipline in order to create your own topic of interest. Ah, so so what, what did you do? Mine was re reusing buildings for new purposes. <coughs> Casa Borrega, for example. Wow, yeah. yeah. This used to be someone's house and now it's a bar. Correct. You could actually or get a PhD. Or even Ashe, which is across the street. I mean, the city was rife. So when I got here, I was like, my God, the city is rife. This did you is come amazing. up with that topic yourself? Yes, I did. And the, was that drug fueled? That no, one? that's because my father is an architect. Oh, so I, I see. Okay, right. yeah, right. Good so point. I grew up with that um, mindset of. And then um, over the years, actually. yeah, over the years, I've been really doing different types of community work. Um, you know, I've also done community gardens and urban work like that. And so over the years, I thought, well, how to make this all kind of fit together? How do communities shape the resources they have, which is these existing buildings into new things? So I got here and I'm like, this place is so amazing. And I couldn't leave. I couldn't leave. I couldn't leave. I couldn't leave. Then I had to leave. <laughs> so um, and then I returned about six months later. And the, so the first thing I did was start a nonprofit agency. We were replacing trees for people on private property. Ah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. That was you. Okay. That well, I mean, mm -hmm. me and a bunch of folks. Yeah. So I wasn't the only one doing that. Tree because in, well, in time, then uh, what I did was just kind of absorbed into other agencies. They took our tree stock. And well, I'm proud to say that trees along Aretha Castle Haley, I, every time I drive down the street, I've planted that tree. <laughs> that tree. Wow. That tree right so out in front of the building. That was just an idea that you had as well. I felt called to do it. Yeah, I really did. I was like, this city needs, you know. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm a tree hugger. Tree so, hugger. Um, so you found mm -hmm. like a, re your, a reason to live, a purpose in your I life, which we were talking about before. I right. I, I yeah. felt like this place said, you can come here. We, we will take you. I said, okay. So did, um, you, did you not fit in anywhere else? Well, we moved around a lot. Yeah. So um, I never really, and then where I grew up in Southern California, not quite my bag. Um, you know, I'm not really into malls and cars, so. <laughs> That's um, how most people <laughs> end up down here, I <laughs> think, is this sort of rejecting a re regular straight-ahead American life. And 
Right. You can do that here. Yeah, this is a very creative, very exciting place. Um, and you there's know, lots just of... Get serious for a second, though. Yeah. Do you really believe that we're the intellectual and cultural vanguard yes. of the world? The world, as we know it, the entire planet. Yes. I agree. I agree, too. Yeah, I agree with John. John you agree? Agree. Absolutely. Agree. Yes. Wow. See there? That's amazing. I've you never thought about it. No. Because all we have to do is say that we are and believe it, and we are. That's what Ernie Cato used to say. Say that, that we are. That and all music comes are. from New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that's true? The that you could just say that well it, if you say it, it makes I it mean, true. I mean, jazz and like blues mm-hmm. was pretty much born and originated like here. That's right. Like, yeah. And also well, the historical, like the theater history of New Orleans, we yes. used to be, we had like lighting on our stage before New York did. And opera and before New York. And then it just went away. Right. Yeah. Right. People picked up a lot from down here. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. tr- that's very true. If a show made it here, it made it anywhere. You know, and then global. You know, even like in in the case of music, like global known musicians like Bob Marley said, people like Fats Domino Fats were Domino. instrumental in inspiring them to and become. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when you look at like <laughs> look at Tennessee Williams, right? we have an entire festival dedicated to him. I right. Mean, like there's a certain the Confederacy of Dunces. All of these. Literary greats that came from this part of the world. Mark yeah. Twain loved New Orleans. It was like That's the love right. eight. But all these <laughs> things are true. <laughs> right. But don't you believe? Think you could say the same thing about Chicago or Los nah. Angeles or New York? No. Well, was no. it Los Angeles especially? Because they're just so no, no. superficial. Don't you yeah. think you could name ten amazing people who came from LA? Orson Welles. For example, I mean, I and I know well, I'm talking about like the culture of LA, right. and that's nothing against LA, like, but like the culture of LA is like there is no culture. There is no culture. The col- Orson Welles is one guy. Yeah. I'm talking well, about talking the city of New Orleans. Right, we're talking the about the energy like, like that's pe- here. Yeah. You know, it's the soul. It's like, like the city the, has right. soul. When, you, when you walk into the French Quarter, and it's like I know, like for someone who's from New Orleans, like the French Quarter is like you know, like it might not like wow me that much but if you think of like all the tourists that come down here when they go to the French Quarter and they see the various different types of people like you might have the guy standing on the, the crate looking like a tin man <laughs> and then you got like somebody across the street like with a banjo just singing while there's like 25 artists in front of Jackson Square like painting random portraits reading of people poems. just sitting mm-hmm. right there reading poems you got Cafe Dumont over there it's just so much like right. like that whole like, like culture just in that area alone like was like it like it like branded the city and people come down here just to see that you know mm-hmm. because it's not everywhere else it's like they, they've made it like so like like you know like like what's the word i want to use i've been drinking this too much wine <laughs> 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 but but not like, like everything is like like they like they've taken away the culture out of like everywhere else except for here like everywhere else is like it's more like it's futuristic now you know like everything is like there is no culture it's right. like it's like living with the Jetsons almost. <laughs> sure. You know, like, and like, this is like one of the last, like, like almost, it's like, a, you know, last of a dying breed almost. Right? I was, I was at a party last night. This is a Wednesday night, just a w- random Wednesday night. And I was at a party and there were Mardi Gras Indians practicing and there was a live <sighs> brass band and people were grilling oysters. Yeah. On a random Wednesday night at a party in someone's backyard. You know, and or, or I got Thanks stuck. What other city is that going to happen it's not in? Gonna happen, or you get stuck in an airport in Seattle on your way to Vancouver and who's on your flight? But John Boutte and you're both stranded what? in the airport together. And wow. You, like, have nice. Beers together in the airport. Oh, I love that. Because you're from New Orleans. You're from New Orleans. Right. And there's, y- there's, it's impossible to, you know, nobody's a stranger here. And then I love this thing about food because that is even, you know, this thing that I'm doing is is producing a web series. What is this web series? Because there is no, I've thought about this, you know, Seattle has got coffee and then Chicago brags about their pizza, which is neither here nor there. Um, But there, I can't think of any other place that can claim that they have a cuisine 
the same way that New Orleans does. Mm -hmm. So um, and I'm so glad your mom is Sicilian because that's our first season um, is uh, the tradition of St. Oh, Joseph cool. altars. Very yeah. Cool. So what we'll do is follow, um, you know, it's got this incredibly long title, nature becomes culture becomes community. So what we'll do is we'll start with the nature aspect where we're gathering the ingredients together. Um, and the, the, in this case, the women who make the bread that goes on the altar, and then we'll follow them through the actual making of it. There's stories to be told. And then when it goes to the table, it becomes community. Ah, so we that's start a great example. Yeah. Does the St. Joseph's altar exist anywhere else besides here? Well, sure. I mean, it's it from does. Sicily. Yeah, they still so do I mean, I never heard of it until I came to New Orleans, but they, well, still, they do I it didn't in Sicily. I didn't know this until I had started talking to the woman who is our technical advisor. She's a food, um, what do you call a food consultant, and she's also Sicilian. And is she that a job, food consultant? Yeah. Hmm, I didn't know yeah. you could get that. She's, yeah, well do you she have to have a degree for that? Uh, I don't even know what her educational background <laughs> is, but... Um, Something we could do. She started by making the you know the food that goes on the altar and then writing about it so she had written for southern food and beverage museum etc cetera, etc cetera, different magazines and um eventually people just started hiring her to make their altars for them and then she goes and does educational classes and workshops etc something sounds a bit wrong about that you can hire someone to make your saint joseph's altar for you mm -hmm. Yeah, like she'll make the food to go on it because she makes these really elaborate. I mean, that's what's so beautiful about filming this thing is that the, the bread pieces are so elaborate. There's these, they're like sculptural pieces of food. So they hire her to do that because she's done, been okay. doing it for 45 years, I guess. Um, but she had told me when I started talking to her about this that the largest Sicilian population in the whole world outside of Sicily is in New Orleans. Wow. I never knew, and I, I never knew that. Another first. Another, <laughs> see what I'm saying? Vanguard of Sicilians. Yeah, come on. Do not challenge me on this. This is, uh, you know. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> far from challenging. I mean, I'm outnumbered here. I can't, I've never heard anyone say New Orleans is the intellectual vanguard of the world. I mean, that, well, that's I'd a listen. shocking statement. But everyone I agrees with it, apparently. I, I do, and, and, and you're saying, like, well, what do we do in, of merit? And I think that one thing that we're seeing in this community, too, is, like, entertainment is such a valuable outlet. And that meeting of communities in the space of a theater at a show at a comedy show, at a music show, happens all the time here. Mm. And I feel like while it might not be like a nonprofit or anything, it's serving a valuable part of the community. No question, I was just being silly about that. But there's, <laughs> there's an amazing amount of talent here so yeah. much. in every right. department. I mean, you right. can go hear music like last night. You went to hear those people that we heard Mother Grandies and a brass band, which is probably like as good as anything you'll hear anywhere. Right. I went to the Viberian experience at Gaza Gaza, which is electronic music from people you've never heard of in your life, and it was awesome. And it was free, <laughs> by the way. Free. <laughs> which wow. isn't beyond belief. Free. Otherwise, I wouldn't have gone. And there was a hundred other things you could have done last night and they're all awesome and you probably had a play that was on somewhere you could have gone and heard improv mm -hmm. I mean it's unbelievable what goes on in New Orleans and that's right I think I appreciate like too like the passion that everyone has for what they do you know like mm. and that's that's what makes it so great like even though it might not have like a thousand people like in the stands people always give their all and they, they, mm. they, they treat each experience each moment like it's like a thousand people out there that's how i treat it and i'm pretty sure you, you guys do the mm -hmm. same yep. thing oh, absolutely. And, and, and everyone uh, everyone that i associate with out here that, that that's a performer that they all treat it the same way and i think that's the beauty of it and that's how that's how it grows like when people see that it's like you treat it like that's how you know you love it you know mm -hmm. and like well i think a lot of people are like you aspire to be or you are here is people aren't in it for the money they right. don't really care. I mean, it's legendary stories about people like Fats Domino and Professor Longhair and Kermit Ruffins today. 
who don't care if they never leave New Orleans. In right. fact, Kermit yeah. Ruffins is famous for saying, what's the point of leaving town? Right. What, what am I going to do for it? What am I going to do that for? <laughs> and like I feel like there's so yeah. much to accomplish right here, you know? Yeah. Like when barriers cool to break. Yeah, it's cool because like the one of the improv groups I'm in, Machine A, we, we toured last year. We went to Detroit and Los Angeles and Chicago. Okay. And a lot of times we'd be the only people from New Orleans when we walked in the room. They'd be like, oh, oh my God, <laughs> you're from New Orleans. Right. Like so like, yeah. yeah, so like you, you get Instant to perform cool. and bring like new forms to other cities. Yeah. But then if you're an artist here, you can do that and you can like be in the Tennessee Williams Festival and then like do the, the good night show. Like John can just be like, I want to do a show and it happens. It's absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oppor- opportunities here like no other place. Like no yeah. other place. And people right. are, w- your show, how you describe setting it up is a great example of of how people just want to do something great here. They don't care if it's not being paid or they don't care if it's not going to be famous. They don't care if nobody comes. Someone came to me and said they wanted to start up the show like we do here. They wanted they want to do it in Los Angeles called It's Happy Hour, It's Los Angeles. And it was a friend of mine in LA who's a you know normal person who can you know organize stuff. And so she started, she asked me how I did it and I told her, you know, we went on Amazon.com, we bought four shitty microphones and a mixer and and we just, you know, call people up and they say they'll come down and do it and that's how we do the show. That's how it started out. Nice. So she started to do it in Los Angeles. Every single person said to her, how much? How much do I get mm-hmm. paid? Mm-hmm. What do I get mm-hmm. paid to come on the show? That's LA for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. she right. Couldn't, she couldn't get one hour together. She right. gave up. Right. But that's a really great example, I think, of what you're talking about, is that people just did your show because they just, and you now you have a whole operation there. Right. Yeah. And the guests, to be honest, like for people not know who I was and call them up, mm-hmm. you know, call John Boutte up and it's like, hey, do you want to be on my show? You know, right. call so all yeah, these great, they say, of what course, the, the, they're, they're New Orleanians. Yeah. They're like, that sounds great. Right. Yeah, sure, yeah, I'll do that. somebody you know? for the show, man, I'm down. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're booked. Uh, no, I'm, well, I'm not really booked right now. I'm pretty clear. I'm working on that album, so. Like, I got yeah, well, tell us about the album. Oh, man, the album. Um, what did you well, say work, it was called? It's again? called Since 88. I'm actually working Since on. Since 88. I'm working on a couple of projects. I have a couple of projects I'm working on because I'm also a part of a hip-hop collective called New Renaissance. Are any of y'all familiar with Two Cent TV? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, Kevin Griffin was on my show last week. Kevin's there. Shout out to Kevin. We love it. Yeah, well, uh, (laughs) I'm a part of a hip-hop collective that Two Cent created called New Renaissance, and we have an album we're working on as well. So that's a a separate entity, but I'm still doing that uh, while still doing my album as well. But... uh, yeah, I have that, and that's actually... So how far away is the album from being done? Uh, like I said, uh, probably early February, I'll have it ready. 2014? Uh, yeah, this okay. month, this year. And uh, where, will so we, uh, where can we get it? Um, you can get it on my Bandcamp, which is uh, Mr. Oddly Epic. Uh, Mr. Oddly uh, yeah, Epic? Yeah, Bandcamp.com. Uh, we'll just do a Mr. search Oddly for you, probably, is the easiest. Yeah, if you just... Uh, yeah, if it's you go on, on Bandcamp, Mr. Yeah. And it's on... Is that where you can buy it from? No, you can't buy it. Yeah, you can, you can buy it. Off you, you can donate. You don't have to oh buy yeah. it. Okay. Uh, like if you want to just download it, you can. But if you want to donate, I'm down because I'm a struggling <laughs> artist. I'm not yeah. going to sit here. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. You don't want to give it away if you can. Nah, but I, I mean, but sell. as far as the album is concerned, like I'm working with a lot of great people. I have a lot of people uh, from overseas that have been like sending some productions, uh, Russia, Italy, Tokyo. And uh, shout out to Amal because he hooked that up. And uh, A after Naysayer is, mm-hmm. is Amal. But uh, he hooked that up, and uh, I'm very grateful for him. He hooked this up too. So um, yeah, he's that correct. guy. That guy's helped me out a lot. I don't think he's aware of how much he's actually helped me out. He does and a lot of quiet work in the background. Yeah, he does. He, he's, he's definitely mm-hmm. quiet about what he does, but like he's definitely a big part of what I'm doing, and I, I definitely couldn't have done it without him. Like hands down, mm-hmm. hands down, I could say that he's one of those people where it's like, if I didn't have him in my corner, like you know, I wouldn't be here. Right. <laughs> like, I see. Is there someone in your life like that? Or is 
Who? who who's who? someone you can lean on, or as far as like getting? Yeah, just the work because it's so like what you do is like it's all on you, really. Ra- you have a uh, one-woman show, and you've created this improv troupe and stuff. Is it just all you by yourself? A you lot of anyone it. Else? Well, a lot of like the idea generation, or like it's it's more like the people I know within the community. I'm not gonna say like oh, I did it all by myself, but it's more like you go out and you go to shows and you're in shows and maybe you have a smaller part in this play, and then and then you meet the right people and you're all like oh, I like you, let's work together. So like with the one woman show, they like cook me dinner and we're like we want to do the show. Do you, do you want to be in on it? And I was like yeah, I do, and we had <laughs> no idea what it's gonna be like. Um, and then like. Well, you uh, came back here from from living in in London a little while ago. Oh, that's just yes. I w- we I always do that. This schedule. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was in New York for four years, and then I was in London for a year, and then I moved back. Um, and so, I've did you know anybody when you came back? I knew a few people from you know from school. I had known like Andrew Larimer of the Nola Project, and um, and then I I started taking classes at the New Movement. And I met a lot of people through there. So, like, the guy I do Machine A with was in my class, Chris Gammonstein, and he has Goat in the Road, which is a theater company. And then Andrew, who's directing this play, I went to Tulane with. So it's like, it's like all, I went to Tulane. I went to Tulane. And then... Did you so drop out or stop going? <laughs> no, actually, I, I had what a, a similar go? thing. I, I graduated in 05. Oh, yes. But I was supposed to graduate in 06, but I, I was on the BFA track. And I was like, I got to get out into the world. So I almost switched to a repertory and then I just got my degree faster and got out. That's awesome. So I, I finished it. How did you do it faster? Yeah, did I already had a ton of credits and then I was <laughs> like, a s- I took 21 hours one semester. It was I nuts. Did that too. Yeah. I did that too. <laughs> but oh you no, know, it's so exhausting. It's exhausting yeah. because I have a theater and environmental policy degree. This is funny because like, by day we're in a medical clinic and then like in March I get to be on the Nola Project Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. So I'm going to be Maggie. What? Um, right, but that's so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. So it's like you, you come back and you meet the right people and right. Um, it, it's a community where uh, eventually you will find the right group and you know worked on web series and stuff. It's just it's been a very welcoming return yeah. to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I say we all collaborate. We should. Future. Okay. I like, I like What's the project going to be? Because we have to get out of here in a minute so we got like two minutes to figure it out. Uh, we mm. could do a well really we fun web show. I don't know. We could just oh, yeah. What's it called? It's, we'll call it It's New Orleans. It's New okay. Orleans. It's we'll New just Orleans. We'll what do you think? Call it, we'll let's, come up with, let's come up with a... Uh, yeah. like, it's oh. coffee time. And it's, you know. <laughs> it's Casa. Let's come up with an acronym time. for unity, and we'll just be Team Unity. That's a back An acronym, acronym for right? unity. Yeah. Backronym. Backronym. Is what that is, where the word already exists, and then you turn it into... And you come up with something backwards. A backronym. See, that's why it's good to have someone who's got a college education on the team. We can figure that out now. So we have to come up with a word that... One, two, three, five words that begin with U-N-I-T-Y. Oh boy, united. Unity, that's a tough one. Oh, united. Unanimous. 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 We all agree. We all agree on unanimous. unanimous. Waka waka. I guess would N be New Orleans or is it? How do you accept one word? Why unanimous. Not? You could do Nola. Nola. No. Unanimous, unanimous Nola. Nola. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I. Hmm. Ooh, that There's would be. There's no I in unity. Innovative. Yeah. That could be. In- innovative. Innovative, mm. inclusive, In- inspires, inspiring, yeah, inspires, inspired, inspired, inspires. See, we get the, the, the verb in there. right. It's an action, yeah. action inspiring. Yeah, inspiring. yeah. Inspiring. we're just we're inspiring. Do yeah. you say stuff that's happening right now? Do I keep so it continuous. Inspires is the present tense. Inspiring is too. Is that no? Inspiring is a something else. Like on going. No, I think it's like infinite. It's always happening. Infinite. Infinite. Unanimous oh. oh. Nola inspires. We could do infinite possibly as well there. Tomorrow's uh, youth. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. But well, do we want it to be youth-centered? <laughs> What's that? Would it be youth-centered then if we that it becomes like... Oh, that's true. Or inspires tomorrow's you. Tomorrow's you. You. Tomorrow's you. That's Aww. pretty genius. No, the, <laughs> damn. the children are the future, though. So maybe. Well, what about th in brackets at the end? Yeah. You. Oh, oh I like that. Oh, That's yeah. Because okay. you. Yeah. You. Unanimous Nola inspires tomorrow's you. I bet that's something all yeah. of our families and, and loved ones who support us would get behind. Okay, okay, so checks it. can be made out to <laughs> Unity. Yeah. Unity. Unity. The Unity Project. The Unity, the Unity Project. Has someone done that already? That what? sounds familiar. So. Okay, no. where's our copyright lawyer? Because you need to copyright Entrepreneur. Quick, quick, quick. Yeah. And then we'll okay. copyright this. Uh, Go to unitynola.org. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Unity Unity Nola. 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 Lucky I've got a pen. <laughs> all right, but yeah, we should probably really do this, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, who's going to handle it all? Hillary, are you, are you, oh, orga- well, you as a communi- organized? Well, as a communication person, this is the kind of okay. collaborative, solutionary communication project I do. Okay, so I'm so going to give you this piece of paper, which actually is, strangely enough, your bio, I which I didn't give to anything off that. But um, My bio. Okay, I'm going to give you that with it. Yeah, I got someone gave me that. <laughs> I had research, and it's oh my um, god! <laughs> what does it say about you? Oh, this is my bio off of LinkedIn. <laughs> off Hilarious. LinkedIn. Well, that's where all the crap comes wow. from these days. Right? That's a a crazy long well. well we've got a well, we've got a wordy bio. Well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to have to all get back together here now yeah. again, and I, like, in I, how long a time? I agree. How long have we got to pull this off? And Hillary, tell us. We what, need to act fast. Well, we're going we're to copyright the name immediately. Uh, well, how do we do that? Well, how do you do that, I should say? Do we well. have to all give you like 10 bucks or anything? Sure. So you're sitting on the piece of paper. That's a good start right there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saving it. Um, yes, everybody needs to give me $10 right now. Um, <laughs> Word. Okay. okay. Word. We didn't even get onto your coat, which we're going to do. So the Pearl Wine Company... <laughs> The Pearl Wine Company provided this awesome bottle of wine today. It's a the today's wine is from the Loring Wine Company, and it's called what is it called? LWC. This Loring Wine Company, yeah. Russell Family Vineyards. It's a Cabernet Sauvignon, which apparently was gone down pretty well. Yeah, by oh, everybody. It's, it's delicious. Yeah, subtle. I, I I enjoy it. My you parents, enjoy it? my parents <laughs> would drink it. My boyfriend, my brother, they'd all drink it. Okay, I good. I four glasses. Thanks to the Pearl Wine Company, Big Bang Estes Wine. The Pearl Wine Company is an American can company in Mid-City. They're open every day from midday to midnight, except for Sundays when they close at 8 p.m. They've got a large selection of small production wine, beers, and liquors in New Orleans, all at good prices. You can either go there and buy it and take it home or to a party, or you can just go and have a drink right there. Ooh. And hey, you know what? That's happy hour for today. Thank you to everybody in Unity NOLA. Pro- is it NOLA <laughs> Unity Project or Unity NOLA you Project? Didn't, did we, what did we say? Right. We're, 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 we're Unity. Oh yeah. Unity NOLA is just the website. Oh, Unity. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're the yeah. Unity Project. So we're Unity, we're Unity which Unity again project. stands for what? Unity Project. I like that. What, is that, <laughs> what does that stand for again? Just oh, Unanimous NOLA inspiring, infinitely inspiring. Tomorrow's you. Beautiful. Okay. <laughs> That's Hillary Strobel, who's the president and CEO <laughs> of Unity. John Calhoun is the uh, founding chairman of the board. Stefan Henry <laughs> is uh, the co-founder. Okay. And Cecile Montaigne is the uh, president. Just another business <laughs> of nice. Unity. A Thank you so much, all of you, for joining us on Happy Hour today. That's our show. It's all over. Our show was produced today by Graham DuPonte, our associate producer and technical director, is Chris Kehoe. Christian Unruh is our music director who hooked Stefan up as well for coming mm-hmm. here. Yes. Our theme song, which you're currently listening to, was written and is currently being played by Mitch Foreman. The fabulous audio quality of the show is brought to you in part by PreSonus. PreSonus. Audio Electronics. PreSonus, you like them? 
Yeah, I won. I won a couple of uh, of their uh, pieces of equipment through Amal's Beat Showcase. Champion right, nice. Sound. What have you got? We've you got this mixer stop. over here <laughs> and this headphone distributor. I want, a, I want an interface. I want a, a um, compressor preamp. Wow, nice. Uh, I want some headphones. Keep talking while I keep going yeah. on. Presounds make pre-sounds. some of the best audio recording <laughs> and live sound products around, including <laughs> Studio <laughs> One. You are ridiculous. Music production software, <laughs> Studio Live, digital mixing consoles, Era Studio Monitors, and much more. Presounders.com has all the information about that. that really well. If you'd like to be on our show and you can stay upright for about an hour and drink a bottle of wine, <laughs> drop us a line. Our address is on our website where you'll also find our other shows. Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti live from Commander's oh. Palace Mindset with psychiatrist Dr. Nick Pajic. True to the, the game with the fabulous really Chris good. True and Tammy Nelson. <laughs> Vietnam, our show about the New Orleans Vietnamese community with the Vietnamese Terry Gross, Kim Vu, and Midnight Menu Plus One with Margot Moss and the man who ate New Orleans, Ray Canardi. You keep up with sip. us on Facebook, Twitter, and a bunch of other time-sucking social media as well. On all of it where it's New Orleans, if you listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Swell, or some other podcast app, thank you for subscribing to us and take a moment to rate and review us. That does actually help other people find us. Should you think that's worthwhile? Our show is recorded live today at Casa Borrega on Aretha Castle Haley Boulevard. Casa Borrega is a bar, Yay. a nightclub, a music venue, and an get awesome drunk. restaurant as well. Come down here for lunch or dinner. Follow Delicious. them on Facebook and Twitter. Happy awesome. Hours, a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworms.com. For Andrew Duhon, who's at the Grammys, hopefully winning a Grammy for his album, The Mornings. Yeah. Go check that out. Woo-hoo. Everybody around the table here at uh, Casa Borrega. And also back at our office at INO. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Grant Morris. We'll see you back here next time on Happy Hour.